Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Believe in the Garden State podcast presented by Bet Online. What is going on, beautiful people? Welcome back to the Believe in the Garden State podcast. Super excited to be back on the show. Uh, people we know, people we don't know, people we'd like to get to know, all are welcome here on the Believe in the Garden State podcast. So super excited for today's show. Um, today's guest, we had Mark Dixon from the Big Ten Network. He is a lacrosse analyst. Uh, he is one of the best in the business. Uh, we dive into the state of the Big Ten. We talk a little bit about Rutgers, uh, the national landscape, uh, and what it takes to be successful in sports broadcasting. Mark Dixon is one of the best in the business. He's been doing this for a really long time and does great things on the Big Ten Network. He's been with ESPN, uh, CBS, and he was just awesome. So super awesome guy and super excited to share this with you. So let's get to the show. This man is one of the great voices of college lacrosse and the Big Ten Conference. He does tremendous work in the lacrosse community. Ladies and gentlemen, from Johns Hopkins University, ESPN, and the Big Ten Network, Mark Dixon. This is why we live for Sunday Night Lacrosse on the Big Ten Network. Bada bing, bada boom. Realest guy in the room. How you doing, Pete? Little ankle breaker. Better ah. trips over the net. Let's see the shot. And he lands on top of the Hopkins defender. Little two-man game. Slip pick. Big stodge. That's too easy. Nothing fancy. Just gets down the alley. Gets his hands free. And that is an underhand snipe. The top, the upper night, beautiful shot. Mark, how you doing, man? Great to see you. Uh, Great to catch up with you. I'm doing well, Alex. Uh, good to be with you. Thanks for having me, and uh, look forward to talking a little lacrosse. Absolutely. Now, how was uh, last weekend's game? I know you were you're doing uh, Ohio State, Maryland. You're a Maryland guy, so. Uh, how's the commute when you tra- when you travel to games, depending on where it is? Yeah, so I'm lucky, you know, being where I'm located. Uh, University of Maryland is about 30, 40 minutes from where I live, depending upon traffic. So that's pretty easy. Uh, I'm, I'm equidistant to Penn State and Rutgers. It's uh, it's three hours one way for me. So an easy car ride. And, then, um, you know, Michigan and Ohio State are easy plane rides. You know, Columbus is an easy Southwest flight from Baltimore. Detroit is an easy Southwest flight from Baltimore. And of course, my alma mater, uh, Johns Hopkins, uh, you know, about 30 minutes away. But um, don't get to call as many Hopkins games these days because uh, at home games, I should say, because they have the contract with ESPN, uh, ESPN and ESPNU to, to televise all their home games. So I did get uh, in the ESPN game, Hopkins versus Loyola earlier this year. So it was great to be up in the, we like to call that little broadcast position, the treehouse that sits on top of the press box. Uh, so it was great to be back at Homewood. But um, yeah, I can be, uh, you know, where I live, I'm dangerous to get to all those Big Ten locations. And then you did some stuff with CBS recently too, right? Yeah. Uh, first time I ever did a game for, for CBS and it was great. I had Army versus Colgate a couple weeks back at Army. First time I've been to West Point since 1994, my senior year, playing against the Black Knights for Johns Hopkins. Uh, so I was pretty gummed up and anxious about that travel uh, because I had to get back for that Rutgers-Maryland game. 
the next day, which was the Sunday night game on Big Ten Network. Um, but the, the the travel was great, and the uh, the folks at CBS are top notch. The game was terrific, and uh, I made it back in one piece. So I guess that's the important thing. Absolutely. The uh, what was it? What do you, what do you think the faceoff kid for Colgate? He's from Jersey. He's from Seton Hall Prep. He's pretty good. He did a real nice job. Um, he battled all day long with uh, Coletti, I think, is a face-off guy for Army. And the reason that I, you know, in addition to calling the game, but knowing Will Coletti is he he played with my my older son, Matt. Um, I want to say they were on a, an Under Armour team together uh, representing Baltimore a few years back. But no, Colgate, they played a great game. Um, they won their fair share of possessions. They had a lead late in the fourth. And the goalie for Army, Wyatt Schubler, made a one-on-one save uh, that would have put our uh, would have put Colgate up by two, and then Army went down the other end and tied it, and then they got the game winner shortly thereafter. Um, but that was a that was a great trip and a good game. Yeah, those academies, man, they are like they are recruiting at an elite level, and you're and it's you're starting to see it on the field. Army's doing really well this year. Uh, Navy's a dangerous young team. Uh, had a chance to cover them last week, so it was that was a lot of fun. So they're on the rise, certainly. Um, but wanted to, um, I guess, get into, uh, the big 10 and and I guess, what are your thoughts on the conference as a whole this year? You know, it's a, it's a really healthy conference and first and foremost, what I enjoy is the support that those lacrosse programs get, um, from us as a network. Um, I think we do a nice job both on the men's and the women's sides of, of representing those schools and, showcasing those games. I think the Sunday night game on Big Ten Network has been huge. Um, and we've, we've been doing that ever since the inception of the, of the conference um, back in 2015, the first year of competition. So I think we've been able to develop a viewership and some kind of destination watch over the weekend, seven o'clock on Sunday night. Um, but, you know, you look at every school with the exception of Johns Hopkins and the football program. I mean, they're all football schools and um, the support that they get uh, on a, you know, kind of a tertiary level, you know, the trickle down effect. Um, you, know, you look at a school like Ohio State, and their athletic director, Gene Smith, and his involvement with the lacrosse program and the facility that they're building. Um, you look at the Rodkin Center at Rutgers is, is just, um, is unbelievable. Uh, the facility that uh, Coach Breck and his, uh, his program now enjoy. Michigan, their their facility um, is 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 off the charts. Um, you know, I had an <laughs> I had an opportunity to to get a workout in their in their varsity weight room a couple of years ago, and you know, here you got this pudgy little forty something year old guy working out with these elite athletes. Um, you know, Penn State with Panzer Stadium right now um, is terrific, and then Maryland, of course, you know, really the top dog at this stage of the game, you know, they played an indoor game this year against Albany when the weather outside was, was bad. Um, so, you know, and then, and then, you know, Johns Hopkins is, is the, the outlier in that situation, but what program in the big 10 has more tradition, you know, and more history than Johns Hopkins. Um, so when you, you mix it all together, you've got some, some great coaches and you've got some great support, uh, in a big time conference, um, you know, has really added up to uh, a really terrific lacrosse conference. Absolutely. And you look at the, the Rodkin Center going to Rutgers specifically. Have you have you had a chance to go there yet in person? You know, I haven't. And it's not for lack of invitation. 
you know, Coach Brex invited me up there. Jordan Ozer, their SID for lacrosse, who does some an amazing job, has invited me there. You know, it's always just a situation of just, you know, when I get in, it's do the game. And then by the time we get done the game, it's late, you know, and I'm either staying over and going to bed or, or you know, driving back. Uh, but but it, it is it's absolutely gorgeous. It really is. Yeah, you got to check it out sometime in person. I'll I'll ask Coach Brecht if I can give you the tour. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> Even though I'm gonna be honest, I don't know the place as well as he does. So maybe he should give you the tour. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but to, to, to build on the Big Ten Conference, you know, they, they were unique last year and that they played a conference only schedule. And, and I think it was really unfair, the narratives that, that kind of came out of that, that the Big Ten is down, and the Big Ten can't can't play defense and this and that. And, you know, it's a it's, it's, it's a grind to play those teams once in a lacrosse season, but to have to play them twice, you know, particularly on the men's side, that, 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 that wasn't easy. And you look at the women's side, you know, they were playing um, two games in three days for the most part. You know, uh, Maryland would travel to Penn State to play, uh, or maybe that's not a good example, but like, you know, Maryland would travel to Northwestern, play them on a Friday and a Sunday. You know, that, that wasn't easy. So um, it's, it's cool to see the Big Ten have the out-of-conference success that they've had this year. Um, in addition to, you know, beating each other up on a weekly basis during the, the Big Ten portion of the schedule. Absolutely. And that out of conference success kind of gives them the same effect that in years past has really benefited the ACC, where they they play each other and they beat each other up and then their RPI goes through the roof. And then you're looking at four to five, mostly five ACC teams. And then the Big Tens, the Ivies, the Patriot Leagues were like, we're like, you know, crossing our fingers, you know sweating out on selection Sunday because we know there's only nine spots and five of them are going to ACC teams. Right. Yeah. So I think it's, um, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, but you know, you had the university of Maryland go to the national championship game and played a, an awesome game against an incredible Virginia team um, that, that beat them by a goal, you know, and then you had Rutgers uh, go to the quarterfinals and they gave North Carolina everything they could handle uh, really was were one play away from advancing the championship weekend. Um, you know, and you mentioned, you know, you asked me about the Ohio State Maryland game. Uh, that was a really fun game to call. And Ohio State played Maryland even for three quarters, even took a 7-3 advantage in the first quarter of that game, first half of that game. Uh, and Maryland stormed back in the fourth quarter to win that game. So I think if the regular season were to end right here, right now, today, you're looking at potentially three teams getting bids to the NCAA tournament from the Big Ten. And and I couldn't agree more. And and when you look at Ohio State going back to them um, you know outside of Johns Hopkins with that rivalry aspect um, to Maryland and, and getting the better of them um, consistently throughout the inception of the Big Ten or, or not consistently but you know they go back and forth you know there's a there's a rivalry um, there um, Ohio State has been the only team besides Hopkins who has been able to consistently beat up or not beat up but go toe-to-toe with Maryland and, and get the W uh, more than one occasion so what are your thoughts on, on Ohio State having seen them last weekend? Yeah, I mean, you, you go back to 2017 where those guys played each other three times. Ohio State won the regular season matchup. Then Maryland got the better of them in the Big Ten championship game and then the national championship game. 2018, Ohio State beats then number one Maryland. But, I mean, you know, I think this is an Ohio State team. First and foremost, like Jack Myers is the real deal. Like seeing him in person, watching him operate, and, and run that Ohio State offense was terrific. And Maryland did not want to switch off. They wanted to keep Brett Makar on him no matter what. 
Um, and it cost Maryland a couple of goals with some, you know, uh, bad switches or miscommunication or whatever the case may be. But, um, you know, I think everything kind of starts with, with, um, with Jack, with Jack Myers. Uh, they got a really good faceoff guy and Justin Anasio, their goaltender, Skyler Whalen was terrific. I think he finished with close to 20 saves, if not 20 saves against Maryland and kept his guys in it. Uh, the defense is big, they're athletic, um, you know, and then you got some, some, you know, out of the midfield, it's just, you know, there's no like real superstar, but there's just a bunch of guys that have good quickness, good speed. I mean, that's probably the most athletic Ohio state team I've seen over the last three, four years in Columbus. Yeah. That's why I think the the win that Rutgers got over them is a big time win and, and, and really says a lot about Rutgers, but also says a lot about the conference. Cause you look, if you use like the transitive property, it's like, okay, well, like Rutgers beat Ohio state 18 to seven, and then they get handled by Maryland. And then you see Ohio State um, give Maryland probably their second best go of the year. So it's like any given day. Then you see Michigan give Rutgers a run last week. And then you see Penn State uh, has given everyone nationally kind of a run, even though they're not getting wins. So it's like that Big Ten is just a gauntlet. Yeah, I remember talking about uh, talking with Pete Medhurst uh, last month. He's like, if you don't bring your A game, whether you're first in the standings or last in the standings, you could lose. Yeah, and, and it really is. I mean, you've seen it, you know, with the exception of Maryland. Um, you know, Rutgers last week had to hold off Michigan, you know, at Michigan. That was a Wolverine team really, you know, literally fighting for the lacrosse lives. And, um, you know, that was a great game. And, yeah, you know, Pete probably said it better than I could ever say it. I mean, you know, we, we live it, we see it, but it, 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 you, you better, you better come correct uh, because it's a, it's a physical game. Uh, it's a physical conference. It's a tough conference. And um, yeah, if, if you don't bring your best, uh, you, you'll get plucked. And Maryland has kind of been the class of the, of the league this year and really of college across Um who do you think can challenge them in conference and nationally? I mean, I think that's a great question. And, you know, one of the things I've been trying to do is like live more in the moment, not look too far down the road, but you kind of can't help it. Um, I mean, look, in the conference, based on what we've seen, I mean, we're recording this before the Hopkins-Maryland game, so we'll see what type of threat Hopkins can pose to Maryland this weekend. But Ohio State, you know, probably put up the best fight. Then you have Rutgers, you know, I mean, that that's a Rutgers team that hasn't beaten Maryland, I think, since 1980. And it's the only team that the Scarlet Knights haven't conquered since coming into the Big Ten, the formation of the Big Ten lacrosse conference. So I know that weighs heavy, you know, up in Piscataway. Nationally, I think Georgetown is a team that you have to look at, you know, good faceoff guy, terrific goalie, really strong, stingy, physical defense, uh, athletic midfield that can pose some matchup problems and then a crafty attack that can um, get some things done. Uh, you know, then I look at like, if you look into the Ivy league, you know, Princeton, I know lost to them by five goals, but can they match up with Maryland? Yale, maybe, you know, big physical, strong team kind of beat you up, you know? Uh, and, and, and even though they lost to them 23 to 12, you know, Virginia's still the national champion until proven otherwise. And I know the Cavaliers are banged up right now, um, you know, but, but you know, Virginia with a face-off guy like Petey LaSalle. Um, I know the goaltender is, is 
still developing. He's a freshman, Matt News. Uh, but, you know, big, long defense and you know, Schellenberger and Moore, even though Moore, both have been banged up, um, you know, Virginia, you know, could they be the one to, to, to knock off Maryland, you know, in this whole mix? So, you know, there's, there's, that's a great thing about sports, though. It's the best reality television. You never know what's going to happen. And I think, that's a, I think that's a big reason why we watch. Couldn't agree more. And I think um, when you look at like how Maryland's played this year and you mentioned all those teams um, like with Georgetown and, and Princeton, actually, they didn't have their face off guy during that game, right. T- Tyler Sandoval. Um, so I, you wonder and they got dominated by Weirman, who's having a terrific season. In, in my mind, he's, he's first team All-American this year. Um, he's earned it, I think, with the competition. <laughs> I mean. Uh, there's some great faceoff guys out there, also worthy of that discussion. But I think we're, Luke Weirman is definitely uh, first team All American right now, right now. Um, but um, you look at the recipe, I guess, like all those teams you mentioned, like, and you look at the Ohio State, uh, the Ohio State game, and when they were in it, uh, great goaltending. All those teams have great goaltendings and, and solid faceoff unit. Is that is that? I guess it's so. It's a lacrosse cliche goaltending face-offs, but is that the recipe, I guess, to taking down Maryland from a schematic standpoint, or is there uh, something more to it besides that? Yeah, I think it's a good starting point, but I think there's more, <laughs> there's more to it. Like, I think you, I think you have to have those two components, you know, to be in the discussion, but there, there's other things, you know, you get, you have to have a defense that can be disciplined and, and uh, uh, you know, you have to have an offense that can, um, you know, kind of keep up with them and penetrate their defense. And, you know, I think one thing that separates Maryland from a lot of teams is their depth. You know, they, they can play fast for 60 minutes. They constantly are, are putting pressure on defenses. They're constantly challenging, uh, which, is a, which is different from Maryland, even, you know, four or five years ago. So, um, yeah, I, I think those are two ingredients to the, to the, to the recipe. Um, but, you know, you need other things as well to knock off a team like Maryland. Yeah, when it rains, it pours when you play against Maryland. Like, I remember watching them against Rutgers last year. It's a one-goal game in the fourth quarter in the first time. And then you look at the final score, and it's like, if you didn't watch the whole game, you'd be like, it wasn't close. And kind of the same thing with what last week. I think what Ohio State uh, lost by, like, six or seven? 19-12. Yeah, 19-12. So, so it was a one-goal game in the fourth quarter. And you, <laughs> and if you just looked at the final score and didn't look at the game, you'd be like, wow, Maryland handled them. So they they can turn it on fast. Um, it's they're a fun team to watch, um, and I think um, Notre Dame. I don't know if I mentioned them recently, but Notre Dame's a team that played them pretty close. And I'd love to I'd love to go back and watch that film to see what they did defensively because they held them to eleven goals, which is their lowest total of the year. Yeah, Notre Dame is a team that kind of gets forgotten. I know I they've slipped my mind a couple times this year. Um, you know, really, really good offensively. I think Liam Entman is a terrific goaltender. Um, you know, their, their graduation of – they lost key guys from a year ago, especially at the face-off dot. Uh, Will York was a great finisher, and they seem to have found him uh, or found a replacement with the young guy. What Jake Taylor, I think, is the guy who stepped in and has been amazing for Notre Dame over the last couple of games. Um, so, yeah, I, I throw the Irish in the mix as – someone that you can that potentially could take down the Terps. I mean, I've, I've had this conversation with many people, not to make an excuse for Maryland, but, you know, traveling to South Bend is tough. 
like that is not an easy place to get to. So it's a little bit more of a challenge than some other places. Um, but, you know, that might be good for maybe a goal and a half for Notre Dame. <laughs> maybe, maybe that much. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess uh, staying on the national landscape, um, I can't remember a year where the RPI and the rankings were just like completely different. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like this year, more than a lot of years, it's like you look at the rankings and Army's a top six or seven team and they're like 20th in the RPI. Jacksonville's a top 10 team and they're, I think, really high in the RPI as well. And then it's reversed in a lot of teams. I guess um, when you look at the RPI, it's so much different than rankings. Um, well, I guess, what are your thoughts on that process and the NCAA tournament selection process? Well, I mean, you know, you think back to like 2007 when Cornell, I think, was undefeated going into that NCAA tournament. And, and they ended up being the number four seed. You know, so the rankings really have no impact on the NCAA tournament. I don't know if that's right, wrong, fair, unfair, whatever. It seems like this year the RPI has come under more attack than ever before, but it is what the, the NCAA uses. Um, a lot of people say eyeball test should be used more. I'm not so sure because, you know, you take Ohio State against Rutgers and, you know, that eyeball test, are you, are you saying that they're an NCAA tournament team based on that? Probably not. But then you look at them against Maryland, you're like, yeah, this team's legit. You know, you look at them against North Carolina. Yeah, this team's legit. You look at them against Notre Dame. Yeah. So it depends on what, you know, what, when those eyeballs are looking at those teams. Shifting gears to the game this weekend, Rutgers-Penn State, you are on the call. Um, senior day for Rutgers. Um, you might want to check this stat, but I think I'm right, 99%. Uh, Rutgers hasn't lost a senior day game. Uh, since Villanova 2014, so undefeated in the Big Ten era on senior day. Um, Coach Breck does a tremendous job mixing it with Alumni Appreciation Day, so it's a great atmosphere. Can't wait to go to the game. What are your thoughts on this matchup? Penn State coming in, fighting for their lives, um, fighting for their lives to stay in it, and Rutgers is trying to stay number two in the conference, put themselves in good position come tournament time. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's rivalry week in the Big Ten. You know, Hopkins, Maryland, Michigan, Ohio State, and uh, Penn State, Rutgers. And, you know, this rivalry was kind of born out of the legacy of Tom Hayes. Uh, coach Hayes, longtime Rutgers coach, but he attended and played lacrosse for Penn State. Uh, so he created the Friendship Cup uh, decades ago. And, and that's what these two teams will be competing for on Saturday. Um, 27 seniors will be honored for Rutgers on, on Saturday. That is a, that's an experienced team right there. Um, and I love, I love the way they bounce back after the Maryland loss with the win over Michigan. I had a lead throughout that game and Wolverines made a run late. And, uh, you know, I think Rutgers really called on their veteran leadership and their experience to, to pull that game out. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to see Ross Scott in person again and Mitch Bartolo and, Jared Jean Felix, Bobby Russo, Ethan Rawl, Colin Kirst. I mean, such a terrific lineup uh, for, for Rutgers. And this is a game they don't want to lose. You know, this is a game where it's like everything to gain for Penn State and, and everything to lose for Rutgers. Um, you know, they don't want to, they want, they don't want their metrics taking a hit. Um, and uh, you know, this is a this is a Penn State team that really has had Rutgers number, you know, up until last year. 
you know, the previous couple of seasons, uh, 2019 in particular. Um, so, uh, you know, I think Rutgers is really looking forward to this game, honoring Tom Hayes uh, with the celebration of life as well. They wear Coach Hayes' name on the back of their jerseys. And, you know, Penn State's a team that got a huge lift with a tough overtime win over Michigan a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, didn't play as well as they had hoped to a week ago in a loss to Johns Hopkins. But this is a team that's just been decimated by injuries. You know, T.J. Malone, Jack Trainer, both out. They're two best offensive players. They've had injuries on the defensive end. They're getting some guys back, um, playing a lot of young guys. You know, Will Keaton, Matt Costin, Ethan Long. Um, you know, so a very youthful team in Penn State. But they're really looking forward to, and they're incredibly hungry to play Rutgers in this big time environment, you know, uh, Rutgers home, what's it? SHI solutions these days. I have trouble keeping up with all the sponsorship names, but that's not an easy stadium. Yeah. That that is not an easy place to play. You know, when you consider the crowd and you got the horn after goals and the energy and the vibe and, you know, so it's going to be a tall task for Penn state, but I expect them to come out and play their best lacrosse against a Rutgers team that wants to keep things rolling as they head into postseason. Do you remember when Connor Veracruz broke the horn on uh, BTN Sunday night, uh, 18? How could I forget? I mean, it was like funny for the first like three minutes. And then after that, it just got, uh, you know, it was like, oh, man, is this thing ever going to go off? And then it got funny again because Joe Beninati, my broadcast partner, got really pissed and was uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I can't hear myself. And, you know, it was, it was kind of funny. Um uh, you know, in a good way, you know, but, but, uh, you know, after a while it was like, oh my God, is this thing ever going to, so that was pretty, that was pretty funny, but I love that horn, man. Unless I'm a, you know, unless I'm, you know, which doesn't happen anymore being a, you know, neutral broadcaster, but, uh, you know, unless I'm rooting for the other team, like, you know, it's kind of like the Hopkins band. It's what everybody hates when you're on the other team. Cause you have to hear that after a goal is scored against you. Yeah, it was, uh, I remember that. And we were like, it- same thing. It, we were going crazy for like the first 10 to 15 seconds. We were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're like, all right, all right. Can, can, yeah. Then after a while, it's like <laughs> stuff you're going to hear in your sleep. Yeah. So, I mean, I will say this. Um, I think I put it on Twitter. There's like a 30 second clip of that. That's, that's the amount of that moment I can handle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said three or four minutes. It might've only been like a minute and a half, but it seemed like a lot longer. Oh yeah. It was, it was forever. Um, I guess, We'll get into Rutgers, but um, I guess Scout and Penn State, I guess, what do you think it's been for them? I mean, they have a chance. Everyone in the Big Ten tour, everyone in the Big Ten makes the tournament uh, this year, which I think was a really cool thing that they kept going on uh, from or kept going from last year. Um, so they have a chance. But what do you think it's been? I mean, they recruit well. They've got a great coaching staff. I mean, Jeff Tambroni is as historic as a coach as anybody, um, you know. No Grant Amet, no Mako Keith Hurts, but Penn State certainly has the talent uh, to reload. You know, we saw that against against Yale. They played Cornell really tough. Um, what do you think it's been for Penn State? Again, it's injuries. You know, it's injuries. You take anyone's top two offensive players off their team and see how they fare, you know, that that's a tall order, you know. So, uh, you know, and then defensively, they've, they've missed uh, – Braden Peck's missed time this year. Uh, Tate Gallagher has missed time. Um, anytime you have injuries at the level that Penn State has had after, you know, you graduate the two best players in the history of their program in Grant Amen and Mac O'Keefe, you know, it's, it's going to take a minute. You know, it was going to be hard enough, I think, with, with players like Jack Trainer and TJ Malone. But when you don't have them at your disposal and you have to play 
Will Peden, where he was probably going to get minutes, but be more, you know, that third, fourth attackman getting the third defenseman every game. Now when he's getting the one, um, I mean, that's been a baptism by fire. So, you know, injuries from where I'm sitting are the most germane things to uh, to why Penn State struggled this year. Yeah, and I think when you look at Penn State, regardless how they finish um, this year, um, they're certainly going to be back in the Big Ten landscape at some point. Um, now, when we look at Rutgers, um, can this Rutgers team make a run at the Big Ten title? What do they have to do? They got to beat Maryland. <laughs> they got to beat Maryland. They got to figure out a way to beat Maryland uh, at the end of the day, some way, somehow. But up until then, you know, Rutgers has not had a ton of success in the Big Ten tournament over the last couple of years. You know, 2019 in particular, you know, they got really, you know, handled by Hopkins in that semifinal round. So, you know, I think for Rutgers, it's, it's, it's being consistent, staying focused, staying true to their core values, which is grit, hard work. You know, you, you know that you're a, you're a Scarlet Knight um, being true to themselves and then just taking care of what's in front of them. You know uh, for this weekend, it's Penn state. The following weekend, they're going to have off, you know, in all likelihood, I think they've already sealed the number two seed if I'm not mistaken. So they'll wait to see who they play in the semifinals and it's going down to college park and taking care of that Thursday semifinal game. And then, hopefully potentially getting into that big 10 championship game and maybe they get another shot at Maryland. Um, you know, so I think it's just, it's cliche, but I think it's just, you know, taking care of one thing at a time, whatever's in front of Rutgers to, to be successful. You had to remind me of the 2019 last game. Oh man, that was a, uh, that was a thrashing by Penn state. Oh God. They crushed so, okay. Us. Yeah. So they yeah, so, you're right. Yeah. So 19 was Penn state. And that was when they were rolling heavy. I remember that game. Yeah. That was a tough one for, for Rutgers at Rutgers. No that way. was, yeah, it was a home. It was, it was my <laughs> last college lacrosse game. It was tough. Yeah. And then, you know, then of course you have last year, <clears throat> excuse me, the um, Hopkins handled us last year. Yeah. 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 So, you know, Penn state's looking to, to reverse those fortunes, obviously. Yeah. Oh, what Rutgers. Yeah. Rutgers. But what was it? Um, 2016, though, was, you know, hopefully they can get that magic from 2016, uh, beating Hopkins twice sure. um, and then winning that semifinal game. So we'll see. Um, I think this Rutgers team is like it's, it's really interesting because it's like they've got like an offense that is tremendous, one of the top offenses in the country and then a defense that can be one of the top defenses. But I think they they do have that recipe that we talked about in terms of beating Maryland in from a goalie perspective with Colin Curse. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, any given day when Colin Curse is your goalie. Um, now, John D'Anio with the faceoff, we talked about the faceoff. He's very good. Uh, is he elite? Uh, he's probably a step below elite, but he, he's good. You know, he's 51%, 52%. He's good. He's got great athleticism. He handles the ball well. Um, but I think he certainly, if they're going to beat Maryland, he definitely has to go 40 to 50%. And I think, um, you know, I think – they got to also just, just be themselves. You know, I feel like when we were, I feel like I'm not in the locker room anymore, but we played Maryland, I think seven or eight times when I was in college and we, it, we played them like so tight, right? Like triple overtime, um, one goal game, last 10 seconds, uh, big 10 championship game, one goal game, the last minute. And I don't think this team, this team doesn't have a lot of those players who are a part of those teams. Right. So I don't think they have that pressure, and I think that's a good thing. 
I think. That- yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's fair. Um, but the long, you know, the more that monkey stays on your back, the bigger it keeps getting. You know, um, so uh, I think it can't be, it can't be all about Maryland, but that is the that is the dragon they need to slay. You know, to get to the top of the Big Ten Matt Lacrosse Mount. Yeah. So in terms of um, we're going to wrap this up, but I want to ask you a broadcast question. And, and I guess um, one question I wanted to ask you before was um, what's the communication like with your broadcast team during the week with, uh, with Pete and, and Joe uh, prior to the game and the producers and things like that. And then what is your advice to, you know, guys who want to do what you're doing and guys who are aspiring to do what you're doing uh, in lacrosse or in football or in basketball or in any sport? I think first and foremost is you have to, you have to love it. Um, You know, what, what you see on screen, you know, on a Sunday night or a Saturday afternoon or whenever we broadcast our games, that's, that's the result of a lot of hard work, you know, leading up to the game. And then, um, you know, people behind the scenes, you know, it's kind of like game day on lacrosse. You're seeing that product out on the field, but you know, what happened at practice that week and what was all the preparation like to get ready for that game? Um, have fun with it. Enjoy it. It is a game at the end of the day. Don't take yourself too seriously. Always be prepared. Um, and that, that's really what the week looks like. You know, um, typically the weekend before that Monday, our producer, which is typically Matt Licky, will reach out and say, okay, guys, what, when do you want to do coaches calls this week? You know, what days work for you? And, you know, whether, whether it's Peter or Joe, we work it out where all of our schedules kind of work together and, and then we'll have our calls with respective coaches, um, you know, chat about them with them about things. And, um, you know, when you've seen teams multiple times, those calls get shorter as the season goes on, just because there's not as much to talk about unless there's an injury or a major development or something of that nature. Um, and then we, as a production team, you know, as, as the broadcast team kind of talk about, you know, what do we want, the format to be like, what do we want to open to look like? What do we want to focus on? What do we want to hit on? What does halftime look like? You know, how about some graphics we can build to talk about in game? Um, those types of things that'll tell a story. Um, you know, so that's, that's kind of it. And then you have the game and then you're done and then you, you know, get ready for the next week. Do you have like, um, like a chart, like a, like a, like with the rosters and names and interesting facts and things like that. I've seen like, uh, guys who do football and just basketball, they have like these, these charts that they have the rosters and stuff. You know, when I do play by play, which is mostly for the women these days, um, I, I create boards. Uh, oh, that's what them, they're called boards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boards. I have them in front of me. I'll be honest with you. When I'm the analyst, I travel light. Um, I've been blessed with a, with a pretty good memory. Um, so I'll typically just have in front of me cause, cause the, the game is the story to me. The game is the story. Obviously, we have things to talk about, to bring up, to hit on, et cetera. But the game to me is the story. So I'm, I'm a less is more kind of guy. I don't like the clutter of having a gigantic board that's in addition to my play-by-play guy. Um, so I'll just have a flip card. I, I have things mentally prepared. And, you know, I, you know, it's like Bill Tierney says. It's like you coach, you know, Monday through Friday. Saturday's for the players. And, you know, I feel like game time is my time. Um, and that's where I just kind of kick back everything that I've learned and everything that I know. And um, I don't feel like I need, as an analyst, I don't feel like all that much I need to reference, you know, notes or things like that because the conversations are still fresh in my head. And 
the, 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 the tidbits that were shared by the coaches are still fresh in my head. So um, I like to keep it more. And I, and then, and then, yeah, I think it, for me, I mean, again, this, this works for Mark Dixon. He's, you know, it, it stays a little bit fresher, a little bit more organic than being more static, you know, than, than feeling like I need to shove the crowbar this point into the game or, you know, share this fact when it, you know, might not even be relevant at that point. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of, you know, board is a must for play-by-play analyst. Yeah. Not so much in my opinion. Wow. That's awesome. And as a, as a young guy, who's, who's kind of trying to get into the field uh, myself, uh, can't thank you enough for, for that information and can't thank you enough for coming on the show, Mark, you know, it's been an honor. Uh, I'm a super fan. I think, Big Ten Lacrosse is the equivalent to Sunday Night Football on NBC. You guys do a tremendous job, and I'm just super honored that uh, that you came on the show. Super honored that Pete came on the show last month, and I'm uh, just really happy to get to know you guys. Well, hey, look, thanks for having me, and I uh, really appreciate it, and uh, you're doing a great job. Thank you. This is why we live for Sunday Night Lacrosse on the Big Ten Network. A lot of bing, a lot of boom. Realest guy in the room. How you doing, Pete? Little ankle breaker. Better trips over the net. Let's see the shot. And he lands on top of the Hopkins defender. Little two-man game. Slip pick. Thanks, Dodge. That's too easy. Nothing fancy. Just gets down the alley. Gets his hands free. And that is an underhand snipe to the top, the upper ninth. Beautiful shot. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.